Hi, everybody. My name is Moses Ponce. I'm currently the sous chef at Bazaar Meat Chicago. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circa Las Vegas, and you're on with Two Sharp Chefs. What's up, chefs, hospitality family, foodies? You're listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louie Victa, chef and professional food photographer. Thanks for joining us. We started this podcast in June 2019 to honor Anthony Bourdain, a fellow chef who gave us all a better understanding of different cultures and people through his daring food adventures. We're here to expand the dialogue. We're two chefs cooking up raw, honest conversations about chef life, food, and the hospitality industry. So come on in. You can sit with us. Hello, Louie. Another episode of Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone here. How are you doing? Yes, yes. Good, good, great. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, We're busy here in the desert. We're actually going over to the central coast today, which we're both very excited about. Um, We're going to be talking to a good friend of ours and a role model of ours, Chef Rhoda. Uh, We're going out to central coast to meet her at her new restaurant via Zoom, of course. And because we're going out to the beautiful central coast, we're going to talk about our favorite Central Coast uh, food and beverages. Of course, because it's so beautiful, the weather's so perfect all the time. They've got a bounty of beautiful things there. Um, They're known for their spot prawns. They're known for their uni. They're known for their oysters. And of course, their wine. So I'm going to quickly start with wine. Um, Of course, because you're on the coast, you've got that beautiful, cool, moist air. It creates a blanket over the vines there and over the, the any vegetation. And because of that, You've got those beautiful Chardonnay grapes that work well out there, Pinot Noir, Syrahs. In fact, um, more than 90,000 acres of vineyards just in the central coast of California. So it's pretty great. I love going out there. Um, I actually like it better, and I hate to say this because I'm from the Bay Area, but I actually like going out there a little bit better than Napa, believe it or not. Uh, It's just a more chill vibe maybe because it's so oceany. My favorite out in the Central Coast is Paso Robles. And I love to go to this boutique winery whenever I'm there. It's called Herman Story. Uh, It's by a proprietor winemaker named Russell Fromm. It's named after his grandfather. It started in 2001. And what I like about it is he's super relaxed and chill. Um, He's just a funny, cool guy. And so his wines are like relaxed and cool. And like the vibe at the winery is like totally laid back, totally relaxed, no like, crazy wine freaks there. They like wine, but they're not like super snotty about it. It's super casual. Um, He's famous for his reds that are super robust. They're imaginative. And for me, I like those like power punch kind of reds. It's actually become quite a mecca for very, very talented chefs to come down and practice their craft with all those fresh, fresh, fresh ingredients. So like you said, they're known for their spot prawns. I actually had a great experience in Santa Barbara having the oysters and uni, where they served in the shell and the shell was still moving. I never quite had it as good as that. Really rich, buttery, sweet, and that's the way uni should be. Yes. Now, um, the Central Coast is also home to other stuff too, such as your Santa Maria tri-tip. Yes, and- yes, I've heard that and loads and loads of farmers markets. I actually like driving down through the Ventura Coast, which they have like a strawberry festival there. So so all of my mentions, like you could actually create anything and everything. And if you're a chef, this place, the Central Coast is your dream come true. 
What's up? We're so excited because we are joined today by a good friend of ours, also a role model to us, uh, Chef Rhoda Magvatang. She is the new executive chef out in the Central Coast, where we wish we were right now for a lot of reasons, um, at the Inn at Maddie's Tavern. Thank you so much for joining us, finally. Oh my gosh. I mean, thank you for having me. I remember fondly when you guys, both of you were in town in LA and we were planning on doing this back then and we just didn't get to do it, which is such a bummer, but we're here. Right. Yeah. Finally. It's awesome. I'm really excited. Um, We're going to start with the obvious part, which is your new gig. Uh, First of all, it's a storied location. Um, not sure how much people out there in the audience know about it, but I have read that it is was a popular stagecoach stop during the Cali Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. It was a hangout during Prohibition, which yes. is really fucking cool. Um, <laughs> and then just the fact that you're out in the Central Coast, Louie and I were just talking about like the bounty. It's just, you know, from seafood to land to grapes. It's just one of those places. It's sort of like a chef's playground, if you will. You know, if you're a chef there, you're pretty freaking happy. Um, what's it like? doing this? Is this sort of a dream job? Is this a dream location? How, what are your feelings right now? Get in your feelings. Yeah. (laughs) All the above, right? The place is still very much in construction. Um, but we are looking at opening later this year. And, um, I mean, so far, like just doing, you know, like all the preliminary work, um, getting to know the farmers around the area and, you know, a lot of the, the, the stands that are in like the big uh, uh, farmers markets around LA area are around, you know, like the central coast, if not there. So it's just really developing like relationships right now that are really important, kind of um, like a really important step into building our dream restaurant. And, um, you know, like Auberge, it's, it's basically like, Maddie's Tavern is basically like the first property that we're opening in the company that is focused on culinary. So, you know, because you're in the wine country, you're in such a beautiful place, like, and that area is just so it's booming right now. And it's getting a lot of attention um, with like the neighboring towns, Los Alamos. Like there's, there's a bunch of like really great restaurants that are popping up and, you know, we're just so excited to be part of that community. Um, they describe it as chef driven and seasonal. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they're, they're concentrating on the culinary. So how does that feel to you to know that you're at the premier restaurant at that location? They're calling it chef driven, meaning it's you driven. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what does that feel like? Is it like a fun weight? Is it kind of a scary weight? Is it like, what does it feel like? Cause that's pretty exciting. It is so exciting. I mean, I, I can't, there's a little bit of like an intimidation factor, of course, like, you know, you'd be crazy if you don't get a little bit of pressure from, you know, feeling like, okay, like a lot of this rides on what we do with the culinary program. But at the same time, you know, I do, I do trust that I I will, I'm able to like build my own team from scratch, like from the ground up and there's nothing better than being able to curate that. And then, you know, and then focus on the food because you're only as good as your weakest team member. And I always, you know, like I always like believe in that. So it's one step at a time. It, it, there is a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it's so exciting. Like I can't get over 
how exciting it is to, you know, just have your pick of the litter, basically, of, you know, the best of the best products that the country has to offer. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. You mentioned L.A. and you were out at Chateau Marmont, which honestly is another legendary story location, you could say as well. Uh, it's home to the biggest and most notorious celebrity stories yeah. uh, in Los Angeles. Um, first of all, is the cool factor apparent to you when you're back of house or are you kind of like, whatever, I'm still cooking, whatevs, or are you like, holy shit, you know, Paris Holmes in the dining room, you know, like Jim Morrison used to be here all the time. Like, yeah. are you thinking about that at all? Or are you just kind of like doing your job? I, I mean, you, you, you tend to, right? Like there's, there's yes. no way that like you can be as jaded as possible, but if Dave Chappelle comes up to you and gives you a hug, like yes. there's no way you're going to be able to be cool about it. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, <laughs> like there's, there's, there's the, that wow factor still that kind of gets integrated in your, in your daily life routine at work. Was there like a really cool fam girl moment? And, or was there like one of those moments where you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, is this really happening? Like in the bad way? Yeah. I mean, well, in the, in the bad way stuff, like the, the bad stuff, I kind of get like shielded from it. Mm. Um, you know, like my, my front of the house managers, like the, the front, like they, I would just hear about it in the back end. Like mm. I, I, I would never really like involve myself, you know, go out there and like see what's really going on because I just like, you know, you just, you just don't have time for it. Right. That's what, you know, as, yeah, no, they're, they're great. Um, linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> They're yeah. like, no, you don't need to see this. Like, yeah. you're fine. Like, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. You do. You. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then, you know, cool stuff. Like there's so many, I mean, um, you know, like when, in before we were, you mentioned Anthony Bourdain, like, uh, I think, I believe it was like maybe March or April, he came in, um, and Eric repair was there as well. Um, you know, they were, they were so great. Like they always stay there and, and, you know, like they always have like at least like dinner at the restaurant. And, um, I've never met him before. And he basically was, you know, telling the table, like, Oh, this girl, I read that she came from Jose Andres. Like, you know, she'll only be like really good for this place. And I was like, and the server told me that like, he came back and he told me that. And he was like, you should go say hi, chef. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like I'm, I was so intimidated. And I was just like, I, what am I going to do? Like out there, like, you know, say hi to Anthony Bourdain and Eric repair at the table with like a bunch of other people. Like there's no way that's happening. I was super new, you know, like I was just still like kind of like nervous in the position, but now I'm just kicking myself in the foot every time I think oh, about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know, totally. I never got to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Renee Redzepi came in and wow. I was like fangirling, freaking out, um, you know, just for lunch with his kids. Like his wife was at a um, like a skin appointment and they just stopped in and, you know, like he couldn't wait to get out of there, but it was fine. It was just like... <laughs> Yeah, so it was just like so great to meet you. 
Yeah, yeah I wrote a, wrote a like fan girls over like culinary superstars, not just like celebrities. That's, that's <laughs> I know, right? totally me, like, actually. Like yeah. I yeah. totally freak out about like the most random people. Like I freaked out, obviously not, this is not a random person, but I freaked out yeah. when I went to French Laundry and met Thomas Keller. Yeah. And I couldn't talk to him. You know, meanwhile, like I had a 10 year career talking to like Robert De Niro and stuff, which is right. fun and it's awesome. But like Thomas Keller, I'm like, Ooh. and Mitch is like having this full on bro conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, and he's like, what do you think, Lorraine? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. I'm never shy except in front of Thomas Keller. So I totally right. feel you on that. Um, I want to do one of those, uh, those memes that people do like where it started. Yeah. <laughs> and how's it going now kind of thing. Right. I think it's perfect for you. Like I could put like a picture of you like that you've actually had on your Instagram account and you're just like this super cute, like innocent looking culinary <laughs> school, just coming here from Manila girl who like got turned down by Jollibee and McDonald's. Yeah. Okay, there's that girl. And then like a split screen of like the girl now or the woman now who's with us and like opening a restaurant for Auberge Resorts collection. Uh, thoughts about that when you see that meme you're like what i i mean yeah what what can you say about that i it's just you know like i i it's just a result of like just years of working in the same field and you know just trying like you're just trying to get better at it every day like by no means so i think like you know i just i don't know like it's it's, it's weird when you get that perspective of, you know, kind of like, it's like almost like an outer body experience, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I did that. Like, you know, that, that happened. It's cool. Like, you know, like it's a, a, it's a very proud moment, but at the same time, when you, when you look back and you think about all the hard work that went into it, it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like of course it happened, you know? So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's easy to romanticize, right? Like when you're, when you're kind of like looking at it as a whole, Mm -hmm. but when you really dissect it, it's, it's such a, like, it's such a complex thing. Like it it's, there's no linear path to anything that we're doing. Like it's all like, we always kind of take these turns and, you know, I even thought about like maybe switching the front of the house at one point, like super seriously. And, I'm glad I didn't do that with much respect to like our front of the house counterparts. Like mm-hmm. they also work really hard, but you know, it's, it's, that was, that wasn't me. And I'm glad I, I realized that right away and just kept on doing what I was doing. I mean, from our point of view, so yeah. just very recently, Lou was like, dude, we've got to get Rota on. We've got to get Rota on. Um, because we had discussed this many times over the believe it or not, two plus years, Louie, yeah. <laughs> um, about, you know, who we wanted on and we wanted to make sure we got on while we still had this podcast going and you were on that short list. For us, it's like, you're a woman, you're a minority, you're AAPI, and these things don't mean anything and they mean something. It's kind of both, you know? Um, you know, obviously you're a chef. You're a chef first, you're awesome, whether you're female or male. But like to us, it's, it's always nice to see somebody that looks like you, that you identify with, um, like viscerally in that way. And so for us, it's like, we see someone that's like us that we could possibly try to be. So is it a comfortable position for you? (laughs) Um, how do you invest in your cooks? You know, how important is it to you to be that 
example of 20 years of hard work, you know, in your kitchen. Yeah. I mean, or to us, or to people like us. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to internalize that and, and really think about it like in a serious, serious sense, because otherwise Mm -hmm. you're going to blow your brains off. Right. No, right. Yeah. There, yeah. There's just no, like, there's just no way that you're because at the end of the day, like, I don't really want to take myself too seriously. Like, right. Yes. This is my career, but this is not who I am. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I try not to like, let what I do define me Mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, just because like, you know, like as a person, you want to have multiple layers, right? Like, like Shrek, like you're like an onion, you, you basically like you peel, you peel all the layers and, you know, it's like, but at the same time, is it comfortable? Yeah. If, if, you know, like if you're, if, if you love what you do, like there's, there's really not, there's not a lot of barriers that are separating you from, from being you know, decent. Yeah. And like how I invest in my cooks, like just try and be a good person in the kitchen. Try not to be like that asshole that, you know, like you, you want to be able to walk into a room and people are kind of straightening up a little bit, but also are comfortable and not like, you know, shaking in their boots or whatever. Um, try not to be like the person where, bring like, you know, you bring the energy down when you walk into a room, you Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, you make someone's day, even if it's like one person in your kitchen that day. Um, and you know, just, just taking your time to explain things and maybe sometimes even explain things like they're five-year-olds, which sometimes they are (laughs) emotionally, um, if we're being honest, uh, but you know, it's, and you, you kind of spot those people right away that are are really invested in it and, and you just keep at it. Just be consistent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, approaching this because you're going to be approaching this at a time when our industry is changing so much in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, A lot of it, the reason is because of the pandemic, which is still going on and unfortunately coming back in some ways. Yeah. Um, So you're going to have to, like you said, there's a positive, you get to pick your team. Yay. That's awesome. But then the negative is, oh shit. Like, are there going to be enough people to pick from? Because there's so many people out there that just don't want to come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, mean, especially in that area. How do you approach it? You know, (laughs) talk to people, you know, I guess that would be my thing, but talk to people. I mean, we're right now, our executive team is really, really strong. And we have our talent and culture who is a local who's been there for 20 years. And she's got a lot of experience recruiting and, you know, just maybe luring people into like working at a place where it would be like a positive sort of environment for, you know, like budding, um, culinarians, I guess. Um, (laughs) and, and just, you know, having competitive wages, uh, is really great, I think. And, you know, like we're, it's so funny. Like we were, we were at our, um, meetings just, and we have like a meeting just dedicated for like employee dining rooms and it's like, you know, (laughs) like basically like picking out like the proper chairs and like tables that don't look like it's in a cafeteria, and just really investing in the space for the employees and making sure that, you know, when they're at work, like there are dedicated spaces for them where they can rest and, you know, like take their breaks or eat their meals or whatever it is. And there's not a lot of that in, in Los Olivos. Um, unfortunately, 
uh, you know, it, cause it's such a, it's such a small town and you have, you don't have a lot of like hotels that are offering that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it will be a great impact in this, in the community. Um, but also like attract like people who are like-minded and who are just, who it's just like as excited as I am to like cook. I think that you're right about the setting also, because um, I actually had this random conversation a long time ago with um, our friend and mentor, Chef David Thomas. He mm-hmm. worked at Berge du Soleil. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because he mentioned that they were very serious about their employee dining. Yeah. And that yeah. every day when he was there, they would dine over this, you know, amazing patio that looked over it's like wine country. Yep. Yes. So, yeah. and he said that was something he really thought was an important perk. Absolutely. So, I mean, I could see how that could attract people yeah. rather than being trapped, you know, like in the freaking alleyway on top of like right. a freaking bucket, like eating your food over the garbage kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Like right. a lot of cooks, right? Like Which is honest. what we do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have to really, we have to quickly talk about this because the reason why we know Chef Rhoda is because she used to be our executive sous chef at Bizarre Meat in Las Vegas. Um, and we have to talk about the fact that you actually spent many years with Bizarre by Jose Andres in Beverly Hills yes. and then in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. So obviously at this moment, you're not with them, but you were there for a very long period of time um, with TFG, Think Food Group. What does that time mean to you? And, you know, what, when you look back at it, are you kind of like, what has it done for you personally and professionally? Because Louie and I talk about that a lot for us. It's done so much for us personally yeah. and professionally. Looking back at it, it, you know, talk about romanticizing, right? Like that's, that's the experience that I will romanticize mm-hmm. by like a lot. And for a very long time, um, you have these young cooks that think like, this is, um, this is a dime a dozen experience. Like, no, it's not like you're mm-hmm. going to go and do something else and like apply at this other place. And then you're going to like, I, we have a lot of people that come back and you yes. know, over the years, like working with, with Bazaar and TFG, like people come back all the time. And mm. and it's because you take that for granted when you just experience these things like, you know, oh, it's another day in the life. And, you know, we're, you know, like we're cooking in Santa Monica at this like, you know, like cool food event. And, you know, I'm sure I can like experience this other places. No, you don't. Like mm-hmm. you, you yeah. don't, you don't have that look, like not everyone has that privilege. Um, so, I mean, it means a lot to me because like I made all of my great friends, um, a lot of my great friends I've met throughout the years that I worked there. Um, I was afforded a lot of like travel experiences. Like the reason why I was able to go to San Sebastian and spend some time there was because, you know, the former R&D chef for TFG, like hooked me up with like a nice little stage at Martin Barisategui, you know, like just little things like that. Like, and you don't, you know, you don't appreciate that until it's gone. But, you know, fortunately for me, like I was able to like really be grateful for it and still be, you know, like in on good terms with a lot of, a lot of the chefs and, and even some of, you know, the front of the house people and like, what else can you say about it? It's, it's, it's so important. Yeah. It's, it's a family. It's a true family. It really I, is. I haven't had that family feeling since. And, yeah. and I've had great experiences. I'm right. not going to, there's many reasons why they could be better or worse, but I mean, just that family of always going back to those certain people that I will always feel that certain affinity, good or bad, 
yeah, fam- that family feeling of like love hate relationship that you have but, with the people in that group for some reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that <laughs> said, you know, like th- I think I, I am a firm believer that trauma, some trauma bond people <laughs> because you know, no, like when you open when you open Talk a restaurant, it. like Agreed. especially especially bizarre in LA, I'm sure bizarre meat experienced the same thing. Even though you guys kicked ass when you guys opened the re- that restaurant, I, I mean, it's still in. in awe of of that place there was mental and physical pain as well but (laughs) exactly but that's the thing it's like you know when when you bond through that there's there's no way you can break it no matter what kind of shit you guys go through together it's like at the end of the day you're still going to end up with pts like you know Mm -hmm. face down at the bar at four in the morning so you know it's like and it's not an easy job but at the same time it like it's so worth it it's so worth it to stick around so I feel sorry for the people that for the cooks, especially that didn't realize what they had. Yeah. They just like either up and walked away or yeah. did something stupid and got fired. <laughs> and then on the flip side, oh, yeah. the grass is not greener. Yeah. <laughs> not always. Not no. always. I mean, it, you, it is what you make it. Right. Yeah. And for me, it's like I, I've and and I can say this because I've I walked away a couple times, like, you know, I opened Republic um, and it was like, you know, great restaurant, great concept, delicious, delicious food, like super talented chefs. It was just not for me. And I was able to come back at Bazaar. And, you know, that was when, you know, a few months later, I was able to move to Vegas and work at A and then work at Bazaar Meat. So it's like, you can't, you can't keep burning your bridges and like, you know, do stupid things you have to still be able to like come back to the places and be able to like, you know, be amicable at least. For sure. Lesson for sure for the younger cooks out there. Um, Let's move on to show and tell. Rhoda, what do you got for us? What do I got? Okay, so I I brought two, but I think one is kind of a joke. It's a nunchuck. (laughs) Do you actually use those? Yeah. For reals, you know how to use them. Yeah, you don't? No. Okay. Well, well I hit I hit my head. If I you're, ba- you're a bad Asian. Um, I'm a terrible Asian, really. <laughs> so this is this is the real one. Um, so Ooh. I got this. Yeah. So I got this at a um, market in Thai town. It's like fifteen dollars, you guys. Really? And it's like yeah. yeah. It's like the it's like the well maybe it's thirty, but you know it's it's so cheap. And I love making things on this. Um, I and I love like you know, like toasting, toasting, um, spices and grinding it on this. Like you can kind of see like their natural oils coming out and mm. stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. making dressings in here is really great. Um, but yeah, I can't like, I have all my kitchens have maybe two of these. Um, it's just, it's just great. Like I just, I just love the, the primitive feel of for sure. Of my um, mortar this. and pestle. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> it's a mortar, mortar and pestle. pestle. <laughs> Let's move on to Two Sharp Chefs on the Fly with Rhoda Magwatag. Rhoda, it's going to be 60 seconds. All right. Fire questions. Okay. The freaking chef expediting stuff. That's how All fast right. it goes. All right. Louis, when you're ready, get your timer. For one hour. <laughs> Just kidding. No. All right. <laughs> All right. And go. Favorite meal growing up? Uh, oh, um, fried fish and garlic rice. Food guilty pleasure. 
Oh my God, fried chicken. Dude, that's good. <laughs> um, best thing about living in the Central Coast? Best thing about living in the Central Coast? Uh, weather? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, anywhere in California, really. Yeah. Favorite self-care move? Oh, a nice foot massage. Done. Yeah. Is that like a boyfriend thing or going to a place? Going to a place. I mean, you, you boyfriend thing also. Um, but yeah, any kind of massage, really. It's really nice. I, yes. I like treating myself to one. Me too. Dream place to travel and eat. Going back to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So where is your worst cut or burn? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, you guys remember this? I had my cut right here and I was just actually talking about this yesterday. I mean, I have so many. It's ridiculous. My, my mother's yeah. worried about me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I was, I think I was like uh, fabbing some mindful meat sirloin. Okay. And someone like started talking to me and my knife just went through here. I don't think and I was there that day. Were you? No. <laughs> Louis, were I, you, you're nodding. No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> it was it was really bad. And then, um, you know, you can't get sutures after eight hours. And I- Oh no. You know, yeah. Stubborn. So I was, it was stupid. I but should then have again, You know what? If you went to Concentra, it probably would have uh, used it for like seven and a half hours and then get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you could just bleed out. <laughs> no yeah. Just bleed out. Yeah. Um, favorite Vegas restaurant you have not worked at? Oh, um, I think when Josh Smith was there, Bordeaux was my favorite. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. What is your cooking soundtrack? LCD sound system. Good one. <laughs> favorite outdoor activity? Hiking. Oh, uh, paddle boarding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Louis, here the bizarre question. Here it is. Here it is. One blackmailable fact. Oh, um, in general, in life. Sure. Whatever you want to share. Yeah. When I was a, I, I, I got some, I got some stuff that uh, would probably get me in trouble. Maybe <laughs> brought home that. with you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's just such a cool, like, there's so many, like, like, historic pieces that nothing, nothing that would, like, you know, really get me in, like, real, real trouble. But, you know, just a bunch of books, like, some of, some of them are signed by authors. Let's sell it for In at Maddie's Tavern. Um, what should people know? What's exciting? I'm sure everything is. But what's the one thing that you're really looking forward to people seeing there? So, um... So as, as small of a scale that uh, that property is going to be, it's only like 67 rooms. We, we're going to have, you know, at least five food outlets. And one of one of the things that I'm super excited about is uh, this outlet called uh, Gin, Gin's uh, Beer and Wine, like Tap Bar. Yes. And Gin is the original chef at Maddie's. He was there from 1911 to like for... 40 years and he's of um he's of a chinese descent he's a, Ch a chinese immigrant and you know like he was he, just reading about him he's such a badass like he caught his own fish like you know he hunted his own meat he baked his own bread he you know he was part of the family he lived on property um and 
he basically was just the chef there for a really long period of time. And, um, we're, we, we're going to have like a little, uh, moment for him in the property and, and we'll be serving some fun, um, kind of like Chinese leaning dishes there. Uh, and I think it'll be really great. Like, you know, kind of like an unexpected sort of, um, place to meet and dine and, and just have fun outdoors. And yeah, that's, that's really, that's really like one of the things that I'm super excited about because I, I don't have a lot of like Chinese cooking experience and it would be a great thing to explore Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. I'm super excited for you. I read all about it. I read about that. And I'm just excited that you're going to have this totally brand new concept that we could all come and visit you. Yeah. Yeah. This amazing thing that you're doing. It's going to be great. I'm super excited and I I can't wait to share, you know, like the space with everyone and, and, you know, like show what we're doing there and It'll just be, it'll just be so much fun. Field trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. We're so excited for you. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. If you like what you've heard, please like, share, and subscribe. We stream new episodes every other Monday. We love hearing from everybody, so please get social with us on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Plus, check out my cooking blog at FromChefWithLove.com and Louis's amazing photography at LouisVicta.com. It's been a pleasure. We're 86 till next time.